Next up on the Mutual Audio Network, fiction from our future. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. This is J.A. Baby, an author of the Kyleson Chronicles. Late last month in May 2022, the voiceover community lost one of the pioneers of audio sci-fi podcasting, Mark Bruzy. He will forever be Captain Rupert Trask of Star Trek Lost Frontiers podcast. Everyone at Privy Project Projections and the Kyleson Chronicles cast and team wishes Mark a great walk amongst the stars. We also send our heartfelt condolences to his spouse, David Roche. Just remember, David, the words Mark spoke are forever recorded in all his work. This podcast is dedicated to Mark Brucey. Rest in peace. You will be missed. In our last episode, we learned more about the Native American tribal governments that Rachel was being threatened. The Comanche and Fort Apache would be rejoining the Native American nations represented in Anadarko, Oklahoma. We will be rejoining Ian on the morning of 18th May, 4062. The conferences of the day before on the 17th have been a long haul process. Chief Iron Johns and Ian are at a breakfast in the Capitol Building's third floor diner. Thank you for this breakfast meeting. I think we've made progress together. Will you proceed on the Fort Sill Apache issues? Together is how we will proceed in that area as well. My radio visit with Chief Falling Deer makes it clear that he trusts only you and your sister to handle disputes. I haven't broached that issue with you as yet. Will you stand as their representative until the integration is complete? Cassie has been briefed, and like you, she has spoken with Falling Deer. She will handle it as adroitly as I could. Her chosen advisor is Rory Forster. I believe you're an acquaintance of his. I have known Rory Forrester since his right of manhood test. He is acceptable to us. My team is getting ready to leave. I have one further request. What would you ask of me? Two Feathers must have an escort to Freehold 3. I must go to the Phoenix Freehold with a stop at Chaco Canyon. I must talk with Two Feathers' father and brother. My mother is in some danger at the Freehold. We have factions just as I believe you face here from time to time. Those groups are frightened of change. Change has come, even if we don't want it. The freeholds are too small to support our populations. I have been briefed on the nationalistic elements of Freehold 3. I will promise Two Feathers a safe, if bumpy ride in one of our convoys going to the Comanche settlements. Ian and Iron John stood as breakfast was finished. Iron Johns held out his hand to Ian in a handshake. This clasping of hands with free hands covering was a bond between peoples. It was the agreement. So much more than any vote taken by the clan chief's assembly from the day before. They nodded and left. Carrie took up his position on Ian's left side. Carrie and Ian walked back to the hotel's parking garage. It was a day with snow in the air. The clear skies were a false security because our travelers had Steve Kirkson's weather report. When they arrived, the rest of Ian's team waited at the half-track. Two feathers stepped up to Ian. Yes, the hand-clap ceremony was as you said it would be. Chief Iron Johns has offered you passage to Freehold 3. 
go. Keep my mom safe. The convoy leader has already contacted me. I'll be at the Freehold before you get to Chaco. I'll miss you. I wish I had some big speech or fancy way of saying what you mean to me. You're my guide and friend for as long as I live. I think you said it better than your dad ever could. I'm off to meet the convoy. Kiri and Kida will guide you for now. Two feathers left back. Ian, Kida, and Kerry climbed into the half-track and drove toward the west. The time was 9.30 a.m. I knew that was going to happen, but Ian on the road with two feathers is a shock. We have to shift to what was once known as the town of Frederick, Oklahoma, and Lars, who is still where we left him. He used his time well. Gene Minos and his people have applied for colonization through Cassie and have become recognized as Frederick Bino's colony. Cassie radioed the Arbiter's Triad's approval less than an hour ago to Lars, so Gene Binos has to go sign Cassie's paperwork at JJC. Freehold 3 will have two colonies in as many months. Good thing Cassie spent the time to become an Arbiter as well as a scribe. It gives her a unique status. She's the only one ever to be both. Lars and Jean Binos are lounging around a wood cypress table in Jean's house. Lars can't help asking questions. We join them as the biggest question yet gets asked. I wonder what that could be. Jean, how is it that you're blind but you use no guide? It is human adaptation at its best. Lars, I don't see like you do. I feel through my feet, the cane, my ears, and what the binos call my mind's eye. I really don't know how it works. Obstacles are dark places I can't walk. I couldn't tell you what you look like, but I feel the vibrations of your body in the air. I know where you sit right now. I know your hands are flat on the table. We blindfold the albino children when their vision first shows signs of failure. We teach them what to look for, how to use their mind and senses to move through our world. My father called it second sight. It isn't the second sight of knowing the future, but a sight of necessity for the blind. Well, I never could have imagined. Can you teach it to our blind people? I don't know. None of us have ever tried with any other blind folks outside of our little colony. Tell me about Cassie Robeson. <laughs> Cassie is a force of nature. You do know that she's Ian's twin. Well, let's see. Her mind is sharp. Cassie is the first person to be both arbiter and scribe. Like her brother Ian, she is taller than most freeholders. She's a bit over five foot ten inches tall, has reddish brown hair that is long, is normally pulled together and banded with a leather hair barrette and hardwood stick through the back. She has ice blue eyes that seem to bore into one's soul. I can't imagine anyone ever successfully lying to her. I think that she, more than Ian, is more or less clairvoyant. I've even noticed a tendency toward telekinesis. If she'd work at developing all her abilities, she'd be even more formidable. <sighs> That's what makes her all the more unique. I can't wait to meet her. You said she has already worked the miracle? 
Will we have colonist status like Freehold 3 colonist does? Cassie confirmed that on the radio just an hour ago. Your lost homeland will be recovered. Are you sure Frederick is the place for you to settle? Yes. This is where the Ropeson told my father we'd have our own land. It is where we will all be free at the same time. Some of the Mississippi outcasts are unfortunately just that, outcasts. Many had committed crimes and that was their punishment. There is almost no crime in our colonies. No person wants to be outcast from the outcasts. Instead of marriage, we have contracts. By contract, I have three sons that do not seem to have our affliction. Oh, congratulations! How old are they? Thank you. They are 19, 15, and 7. It's nearly noon. We should shoulder our packs and begin our walk. Three days and two nights isn't a long walk and has little hardship. <sighs> I suppose we should. I loathe the idea of making a start. Your home is a nice place. May I visit again? You would be most welcome. Our escort is coming up from the soldiers' camp. Their replacements arrived just this morning. We'd better meet them by the gates. The packs were just outside Jean's front door. They left then. The walk to JJC had begun. Isn't it funny that just at a time when Freehold 3 needed to strengthen its votes on the Freehold Federation Council, help appears from literally out of nowhere? We're going to take a short sponsor break. We'll be right back. Imagine the world around you is nothing but an illusion. Creatures of legend wage endless wars between shadow and light, but you never see it. Even now, dark forces threaten reality as we know it, but most people never know they exist. This is the world I walk in. I am called Byron, and these are my chronicles. The Byron Chronicles, available at ericbosbypresents.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere else podcasts are available. Welcome back to our story. Let's jump to the freehold now to check in on Rachel. She seems to be having a disagreement of some kind. Video phones would be much nicer than dealing with voice over IP on the radio. I wonder if cell phones will make a comeback. Rurik, you can't be serious. It's against the freehold's charter to dissolve the elders' council at Black Sea. To have the elder council put under house arrest is probably for the best until Ian can collect them in the near future. I do not understand why you would even want such a thing. There are three of you at Freehold 3. I am but one man with children under 10. I must have control to keep people from writing as we moved out of this cave. This Tony Homeperm or whatever their name is has begun to erode the values and the controls that kept us alive for 2,000 years. 
the Radio Free Black Sea is supported from somewhere. I need an expeditionary force to crush such heretics once and forever. Aggression and forced compliance would cause the people's desire for freedom of choice to grow. Subjugated people are always unhappy people. They will revolt. They teach freedom of choice when there can only be path laid out by our leaders. I am that leader. I have fixed this uncommunistic chaos that they have blasted to our homes. I've cut any transmission lines from the outside to our country's homes. We are a commune of Russian peoples, not a chaotic mass of undisciplined humanity. I will not stop until I recovered the greatness of the Russian Empire and the USSR. Our Communist Party is the only proper governing force. One party and one Russia. I'm sure you don't want to enslave others. History shows many totalitarian Russian rulers. Personal freedoms are critical to societal well-being. By disbanding the Elders' Council, you take that path once more. It will be glorious. One Russia, a commune of eagles. No capitalist or elite classes. Everyone in unity, following the party line, behind me as their leader, and free to make Russia great again. I see. That's a pipe dream. It would be ripe with corruption. You'd take what you need by force and deny the people any choice. We'll speak again of this. I think your dream will be a nightmare for many. Join us, Sitilia, and I would welcome you as a subordinate state. Rurik, no. We are dedicated to individual freedoms and will condemn any who seek to force their beliefs on others. Wow, what a schmuck. I think it's time to find a big stick. That's an argument that has gone on for a very long time. How is Ian and the other scribes going to be able to deal with such tyranny? Rachel's got her work cut out for her. Cassie, Kelly, and Don Wilson are in James O'Brien's office. O'Brien has a blueprint laid on his desk. All four were looking at it with interest at how the power plant functions. I want to hear how Don explains how everything works. Let's join them. Well, that's the complete power plant. We didn't have to drill all the way to the magma to have a good heat source. Heat from the earth coming up the hole will power the Stirling engines. The Stirlings will turn the generators. The generators store their output in the mechanical batteries. The inverters beside the battery change the direct current, or DC, from the batteries to an alternating current, or AC. We'll generate 1300 megawatts of electricity per hour. The output is about the same as the ancients got from the Hoover Dam. How long will it take to build it? Well, not long. We're buying the Sterlings from the Creek Nation. They are inexpensive. Our mining operation will have the copper quarried and processed into ingots by June 15th, so we can make our payment. The Cherokee will deliver them from the Creek Nation's McAllister foundry by July 15th. Freehold 3 has the inverters manufactured now. I've brought the mechanical batteries with me when we left the freehold. We'll have the power plant up and running by the end of August. It's enough power to support every freehold and tribal settlement currently existing in North America. Well, she's right, but only after that bank of 200 batteries is full. For the freehold and JJC's use, it's overkill. For now, 
We have demand for less than one-fourth of our capacity. Most of JJC's income will come from selling the excess power, while people spread out across North America. Do we have any other customers besides the Freehold? The expansion at the Forester's Quana Parker Settlement will be more than their six aging windmill generators can handle. They've started trenching and laying the copper cable. QP will be online before our plasma conduit will have connected us to the Freehold. Scribe Bobby April contacted us last week as well. It seems that the colony they're establishing at the old carefree Arizona town site would like to contract with us for power. Phoenix Freehold, or PF, hasn't got the capacity because of their silicate manufacturing power usage. How in the world are we going to get power to them? We're going to go up the down staircase. Power transmission by satellite was new 2,000 years ago, but it's well understood today. PF has committed to foot the bill for the satellite. The Moon Colony was happy to get that contract. The new satellites have magnetic shield technologies to protect them from the solar winds. Okay, well let's move on to the Binos Colony in that situation. Their leader will be here in two and a half days. Cassie, what's the big deal? Why the Arbiters grant immediate colony status to them? It's simple. The field DNA test Lars did on Gene Binos matched the Bilson family line. He is literally a scribe by blood right, down to the Cohen markers and the recall gene. So I didn't even have to argue. The outcasts have been denied their birthrights as freehold citizens through their ancestors' banishment. Those with special needs escaped from care and group homes. According to Lars, there are 15,000 or so more to contact in Mississippi. We have quarters built for dignitaries in the expanding city hall complex. I've had to call for furnishings from the freehold stores. I use my own credit to secure them. O'Brien, I don't want to be reimbursed. It's my gift to our city. Cassie, what is our colony status? We are a voting member of the Freehold Federation and listed as a city-state. That means that we have 30 days from the written notification of status to assign an ambassador for our representation. Those documents will be delivered with Steve Kirkson's visit. He'll be here the day after tomorrow. Dad will be staying with me. He's running that motorcycle he built down here to visit. I can't believe he'd risk himself on that thing. I watched him make every single part. I never thought it would ever run. I hope the cowling you built will keep that miniature steam engine from burning his pants off. My boys tell me it runs on booze. He uses our Mountain Dew for fuel. Do you know how he deals with the sugar content? No, I don't. I just hope he doesn't kill himself bouncing down the bison trails. Who's going to be our representative, James? I can't leave right now to attend the ceremonies at the Freehold. Rachel told me I was her head of state. Imagine that. She suggested I pick someone. That's what I'll do. We're all too busy. Sarah Rubens would be my choice. She's a bit more direct for politics, and I think she'd be a match for the no-nonsense type we need as our representative. She's a nurse. I think the attitude comes with the profession. Will she serve? I think so. She needs regular access to the Freehold Hospital for patient care. The negotiation is stalled. It gives her the kind of authority and actors she needs to get the doctors to travel and also establish a hospital of our own. We have been contacted by the Breckenridge Forester Settlement. There are another 400 foresters wanting to join our colony. The city council voted to extend an invitation and accept them. That means we're growing again. The rest of our colonists from the Freehold are trickling in as their homes are built. The exodus from the Freehold will be complete in November. 
our numbers will reach just under 16,000. James, are we going to have a Winter's End Festival? It's a busy day. Let's listen in to an afternoon meeting and meal at QP with Kessa and Tad Johnson. This city hopping is kind of fun. At least I'm keeping up with everybody. We seem to meet at no time. It's easier for me. I have too many things to do these days. Have you heard from Rachel? I have, and she's busy like you are. Some freehold distance are delivering bombs to her door. That's simply intolerable. Were you aware of the Binos colony? I am. Kelly's mother, Camia, is my sister. She ran away several cycles ago with her son. He was born with water on the brain. I wonder if he has lived. Their settlement at Frederick is going to be granted colony status. Cassie will contact the rest in the summer. I never realized our care facilities could be seen as incarceration. Where else was there for those needing constant care to go? The outcasts are not all disabled. We have had some contact. It changed our system. Forcer albinoism isn't unheard of. But there are clans who see them as demons with magic to this day. Demons? Magic? I can't imagine. What's worse is the practice of murdering them for their eyes. The eyes were supposed to grant the person who took them second sight. That's tragically barbaric. Fortune telling has become a game for the freeholders and not taken seriously. Second sight would seem to be a myth. I don't think it's a myth. I believe Kyle Robeson saw the future. He told me of the future when we last met, and that our meeting would be our last. I was to look to his son. He even detailed who would be Ian's companions when we met. Did you ever find Kyle's body after the accident? Just his shoes and cloak. There's nothing else under the rocks. There wasn't even blood on them. Ponder that, and then talk to me again about magic. What a thought. I'm not sure I believe in magic. Telekinesis isn't magic. I know it's the ability to move objects with one's mind. Then, if Kyle Robson was telekinetic, he might still be alive somewhere. Why would he hide? It's another mystery to add to the Robson legacy. We're going to take a short sponsor break. We'll be right back. Wow, this place is busy. Hmm. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a seat over there. Oh. Hi, excuse me, may I join you? Yeah, sure, why not? There's plenty of space here. What is that strange music? Thank you for sharing your table with me. I just wanted to grab a cup of this coffee. I know it's the same as we drink in our settlement, but for some reason it tastes so much better here. Yeah, it sure is different from what I'm used to uh, with the replicator coffee. Oh, I think they added cinnamon to the pot they brew. Gives it a natural, smoky taste. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I'll have to try that. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said something. Do I need to even ask what replicator coffee means? No to your question on the RC coffee. I'd rather not get into that. I'm not trying to be rude, but let's change the subject. My name is Captain Robert April, but everyone just calls me Bobby. Oh, it's nice to meet you, Bobby April. My name is Keita Forrester. I'm from the Quanta Parker Lake Settlement. I'm one of the protection detail and scribes with Ian Kyleson. Oh, okay. I think I understand. I'm helping the Black Sea Freehold to get their solar panels by way of this scribe's passage. Um, sorry about that. I'm also one of the scribes as well. 
Oh, that's okay. I figured you were probably using the passages. Man, I'm so glad that they have updated broadcast programs finally. I've been listening to one set of stories that are based on people's nightmares. Say what? That sounds kind of creepy if you ask me. Well, sorta. Not really. You said people's nightmares. What do you mean by that? Steve Kirchson has folks send in the written stories about nightmares they have. Then they have a narrator tell the story, they set it to sad and creepy music, and poof, you've got an episode. Then they upload it so we can listen to it at our leisure. It's really pretty cool. Wait a minute. I remember hearing one of those the other day. Something about a promise to a ghost? What is that show called? Shoot, I, I can't remember. I believe it's called Everyone's Night Terrors. But the only place I've been able to catch it is on CastBox FM. How often do they put out a new episode? Hmm, I think it's every two weeks. Don't quote me on that. I think I'll have to make time to listen to them as I can. What was that name again? Um, Everyone's Night Terrors. Hang on, let me put it in my tablet. Uh, oh, there it is. Found it. Now, how do I mark it? so that I can go right back to it. Hey, see that subscribe button in the upper corner of your tablet, right above the list of episodes? Oh, I see it. Now what? Yeah, just click on the word subscribe and you'll have the show saved in your library. Hey, hey, see that show called The Carlson Chronicles? Yeah, go ahead and subscribe to that one also. You can keep up with what's going on with Ian and Cassie that way. Wow, is that our chronicles? Cool. Done. Yep. Well, I've finished my coffee, so I'd better go find James Anthony in the calm room. Likewise. Need to go find Steve Kirkson. Talk at you later. And to you, our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Listen to Everyone's Night Terrors on CastBox FM. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Also, please leave a comment. They say it helps their ratings. The writers like it when you say hello. Well, I'd better go find James Anthony before they come looking for me. Bye. Welcome back to our story. Where were we? Oh, now I remember. James Anthony was on radio duty again. The bat and rat related sickness in the crudely carved areas of the freehold was abating. He was sitting in the monitor's chair, contemplating the four technicians that were out with that COVID-like bug when the radio pulled him from his ruminations and required his attention. This is Freehold 3 Base, over. Anadarko Apache Base. I'm Chief Iron Jones. Ian and company have left for the Navajo Nation capital at Chaco Canyon. Two Feathers is heading to your location with a convoy of food and medicines for the Comanche. I want to talk to Rachel when she's available. Some of our braves have been involved in a clash with the Navajo. It was in Clayton, New Mexico. I would ask her to mediate before the actions of few starts an unnecessary war. The company of Navajo and Hopi were led by Two Feathers' older brother. I'm sad to say that he was killed. It also means that Two Feathers is now his father's replacement when age or death comes to him. I would speak to him as well, but that must wait until tensions can be reduced. Over. Copy that. The information will be passed on to other parties. Over. Thank you, Anadarko out. That was some news. 
James Anthony sent prior messages to Rachel, Two Feathers, Ian, Tad Johnson, and the Arbiters. It appears that people haven't changed and still fight over many things. This could get really messy. At Phoenix Freehold, the scribe's passage alarm went off just before 2200 hours. Bobby April and the Freehold's defense force scrambled to see what was coming through. Okay, here we go. What kind of intrusion comes through the scribe's passage unannounced? Bobby April picks up the hardline interconnect handset and begins to talk. Who are you? The scribe's passage hall doors are guarded and secure. Press the intercom's gray button and tell me what brings you here and at this hour. I'm Captain Trask. I was on the transporter pad. I asked the transporter chief to beam me to San Francisco Starfleet facilities from orbit and ended up here. Where is here? You're in Phoenix Freehold. I'm former Ambassador Robert April. Your transporter must have malfunctioned. I'm a 20-minute walk from your location. Please, stay put and I'll be there as quick as I can. I await your arrival. I've got so many questions. You're a legend where I come from. I studied your missions at the Academy. How is this possible? We'll talk when I get there. Our defense force is on guard in the anteroom. Hang on, Trask. What is this? Has May 18th been a day full of magic and chaos? If I didn't know better, I'd be looking for a yellow brick road. There aren't any flying monkeys in the Kyleson domain, so we're safe for now. Ian's on the radio at the end of the night. James Anthony is still on duty at Freehold 3. It's 2300 hours. This day keeps getting longer and longer. Wanderer to F3 base, over. This is F3 base, go ahead. We're in what was uh, Eric, Oklahoma, and stopped for the night for the record. James, can you have my condolences put into a formal, transmittable letter to Two Feathers on the death of his brother? Over. I will. There was also a formal announcement from Cassie concerning the Bino settlement at Frederick. Do you want me to route it for you? I've already sent one to the red boxes for Kirkson's son at your apartments. Over. Casey sent me a heads up. K2 up at my apartment. We'll file and record it when it arrives. I've got to stop calling him K2 and start calling him by his name. Any news on Two Feathers' arrival time at Freehold 3? Over. The convoy has stopped at the old Cash Town site for tonight. Two Feathers called it in himself at 1930 hours. They'll be here tomorrow at 1700 hours or so. Sanana sent an eyes-only message for you. Turn on your encryption circuits and I'll send it. Over. Switching to encrypted now. Sending from Sanana and one from Jack. Received. Encryption off. The second is less a message and more a request. Over. I'll read them before I crawl into my sleeping bag. Over. Will you be answering tonight? Over. I don't know, James. It depends on what the messages contain. Over. I have maintenance to do between now and 0300 hours. Over. I'll hold my replies until morning then. Wanderer, out. F3 base, out. Ian was alone at his tent when he opened the encrypted messages on his tablet. Jack's message was indeed a request. He wanted to post guards at Ian's apartments. When Steve Kirkson's son had taken the scribe's oath, he had taken the name Kenny Stevenson as official. Kenny had been accosted upon arrival at 1645 hours this day. He was unhurt, but worried. Ian keyed an auto-send message to Jack, authorizing protection for Kenny. It took Jack's request a bit further, but Ian didn't want Kenny hurt. Sienna's message was a relay from Bobby April in Phoenix. He told of the unexpected arrival of Captain Trask. 
Ian keyed an acknowledgement and closed down the tablet for the night. Jack Bilson and Steve Kirkson were in the Defense Force offices. It was nearing midnight. Jack had wanted James Anthony to attend as well. That didn't happen, as James was manning the radios. Let's see what's going on at such a late hour. Ian's request for detail to protect your son arrived 20 minutes ago. I'm nondescript men in plain clothing to set watch. Ian made it official. That's a relief. That means neither of us has to pay the watcher's wages. It falls on Ian. Yes, but the necessity of watching it all bothers me. I know that Kenny's a good kid. He's taken the scribe's oath and should have been enough to protect him. The bully boys didn't want to kill him. They wanted access to Ian's apartments. Kenny's judo master, he saved him from a beating. Next time they may have weapons other than fists and feet. Will the two that Kenny detained lead you to who's calling the plays? Oh, they're talking. I didn't know anyone could be as intimidating as Rachel when she asks the simple question of why and who. They spilled their guts and now we know who's behind the nationalist movement. Can you tell me so I can put it in the morning news? After I collect him, then you can publish. So you're not even going to give me a name? No, sir. I will tell you the money came from Seth Tilly through the link with Castillo Station. Steve Anthony didn't think anything unusual. Tilly is always buying something. This time it was thugs. His clearance here says top secret until I arrest him. I was surprised about who it was. That much I'll tell you for nothing. Why are we still sitting here? If you're not going to give me any new names, it's time we were both at home and in our beds. You go on. I got some planning to do. Seeing he wasn't going to learn anything new, Kirkson started home. It was 0100 in the morning on May 19th. Stay tuned. The word interesting doesn't even begin to cover it. You've been listening to The Carlson Chronicles. We will return in two weeks with another episode. Written, directed, and produced by J.A. Babian. Narrated by Charlie Wyrock III. Starring Tomcat as Lars Olofsson. And here's our cast. Brian Session, who's an honorary cast member. Daniel Ebaday, J.A. Babian, Tracy Babian, Julie Bowles, Ryan Birch, Dave Carter, Dylan Koblenz, Adam Copeland, Kevin Cutliffe, Katie Dushman, Tim Evans, Cheryl Godier, Micah Henderson, Ellie Hirschman, Tony Homeperm, Chris Lindsay, Rachelyn Hughes, W. Bruce Jaworski, Malcolm Clays, Ben Kaplan, Paul Lavelle, James Leeper, Kent Lilly, Manny MacVella, Keith Martin, Passion Moore, Shelley Moore, Sarah Patterson, Marcus Pierre, Mark Poland, Josh Portillo, Joe Rublowski, James Sedevy, Steve Snyder, Gary Tangaway, Sebastian Valencia, and Jamie Lynn Williams. Spin and Burgett Neutrons for the Years of Wandering Ballad, the Carlson Chronicles theme, and Sound of Silence musicians for TKC, and used with their permission. David Fesslian is a background music for the TKC, and used with his permission. Cover art for the trilogy, web design, character designs, logo, 
Ian's theme music, casting director and script editor by Tracy Babian, sound effects manager and FBX color artist by Sarah Patterson, grayscale artistry by Cheryl Karatke. The professor, formerly known as Bob the Robot, of the Byron Chronicles was created by Eric L. Busby of Eric Busby Presents and used with his permission. Author, scriptwriter, audio engineer, and sound design engineer by J.A. Babian. A special thank you to all the Indian tribe nations in the state of Oklahoma for their support with accurate historical information from their websites, museums, and cultural centers. And also to all the TV station weather teams for their historical weather data for the state of Oklahoma. Hi, my name is Tracy Babian, co-author of the Carlson Chronicles podcast. My husband, J.A. Babian, the main author, had a triple stroke in the latter part of August of this year. Jerry was lifelighted to Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a brain bleed that the doctors thought they were going to have to do surgery on him, which surely would have killed him. Thank the Lord they didn't. He survived that brain bleed and swelling, but he is in need of so much for his recovery. I have started a GoFundMe to help with all the costs that I just don't have. I retired back in April of this year so that I could take care of Jerry, as he was starting to show signs then that I just didn't catch. Little did I know this would be a blessing in disguise. He is fighting this setback of memory loss and 75% use of his right leg, arm, along with his cognitive speech. Considering the doctor said he would not make it, I consider him to be a miracle. Medicare has only granted 12 visits of physical and speech therapy twice a week. He needs at least six months worth of speech therapy alone. That is a total of $4,000 we need to pay up front that I just don't have. So far, we have had $775 in donations of the 10000 we need come in. Please donate today so that he can get his needed medication, therapy, and also help pay bills that Medicare just will not cover, even if it's only $5. I update this account so folks can see his progress. You can go to my Facebook account, Tracy Babian VO, to find the pinned link with the title Jerry Babian Stroke Victim Needs. Jerry says, thank you. I still have a lot to write on my stories that I want to get done. Please help me to achieve that goal. Thank you in advance for your donation. Tracy Babian.